Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the Kings Cast Podcast. New episodes are released weekly. Follow on Twitter and Instagram at KingsCast, like on Facebook, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Welcome to Kings Cast with Eric and Ryan. This is your weekly Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy Smoke Shop on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. Uh, we're coming off of a super fun episode just last week. Ryan and I came in and did a mid-season recap of our preseason predictions. It was a fun episode where we took a look back about some of the things that we predicted would happen in the first half of the season to see where we were right, see where we were wrong, and really looking ahead into the second half of the year. If you're looking for that episode and any episode, you can find all of our podcasts streaming wherever you find your podcasts. Bringing in my co-host today, as always, Ryan, was good. What is going on? I'm excited to be here as usual. Uh, had a had a bit of a rough day yesterday. I went to went to Napa, drank some wine, woke up with a headache. Uh, so today I'm trying to rehab from that, and I uh, I rehab by eating pizza and wings. You know, so it's overall been a good day. Watch some college basketball, and you know that kind of stuff. So looking forward to the pod. It's uh, fun to be back. Um, I was really looking forward to this episode because. Uh, We're going into the trade deadline, coming out of the all-star break, uh, just a couple games under the belt. And it it really was, I thought it'd be Ryan a good time to talk about um, just the the great dividing Kingsland. It's always one of my favorite things to bring up as a show topic, because it seems like there's always, uh, I guess I I should say this, it's it's a, that's what's kind of great about being a fan. And what's great about the Kingsland page we started is everybody has different opinions and, and a lot of people kind of, uh, go towards different different directions and the great divide right now is should they compete should they not compete and then overall they suck you know the kings suck and it's kind of been a weird a really weird year and probably one of the weirdest years um in the last couple for me just because um you know the the team is kind of talented the team is kind of talented so what kind of sparked me to go off in this direction Ryan was Jason Jones put out a tweet this week that this is coming out of the all-star break, right? That the Kings were 15 and 15 when their starting lineup played together. Um, that stat right there, I thought it was just a really good stat because, you know, I, I didn't know that. I didn't realize that. Um, and it's something that you and I kind of predicted and we touched on last week was that this, the starting lineup was, was pretty solid and that this team really needed a bench, you know? And, um, just kind of coming into the year, it seemed like there was just this typical losers mentality, the we suck mentality, the tank mentality. Um, and that's, what's been so, so interesting. That's, what's been the great divide coming into the all-star break because the Kings had that terrible losing streak 
They had a big winning streak. And then you have these stats like this in the starting lineup. So I wanted to break this off right here and just give your thoughts a little bit on the on the on this divide that you've been seeing from the media fans first half of the season. Yeah. So obviously we're on the side of, you know, we want to try to compete. And, uh, you know, like you already said, a big reason is me and you thought that the starting lineup, you know, and we've said this multiple times over, over the course of the season so far, but we really thought that the starting lineup could compete with anybody. And uh, if healthy, and they just had a little bit of help off the bench that they could get in, especially with that play in game. You know, I know we were talking right, talking about it right before we came on. And, you know, that, that was a big reason why we were like, okay, if there was ever going to be a year, okay, where Sacramento, you know, like, hey, let's try to make something happen. This, this was the year, you know, you want to break the, uh, excuse me, you want to break the chain of not making the playoffs. And, you know, I don't care if people said it, you know, if, if it's not really making the playoffs, even if make the play, I, mean, I just want, you know, past the regular season and just give them a chance, right? Give Sacramento a chance to go forward. And, um, you know, it's obvious Sacramento starting lineup is really good. And, uh, you know, but I, 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 I think the divide, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because you would think that for a team that's been so bad for so long that fans would, you know, like us, hey, man, let's just get in, okay? Like, let's just have winning basketball. Let's establish some type of identity around the league and stuff. And uh, it's just really interesting to me that people don't want that, you know? People see it as, well, we can't beat the Lakers. We can't beat the Clippers. Why, why try? You know, like, wh why even try? And to me, that's just a loser mentality. You're just a loser. That's exactly what it is. You know, that's just you just, you know, you, if you're fine losing and you don't even want to try, like, come on, man. Especially, you know, when, when Sacramento has talent on the roster, you know, and, uh, you know, you're not doing your players any, uh, any services by, by losing on purpose and stuff. So uh, for me, it's just the divide is, you know, you guys are a bunch of losers and I'm just call it is what call it is for what it is, you know, you're a bunch of losers because when are you ever going to jump on, you know, when are you ever going to jump on the train and say, Hey, let's win. You know, when is that going to happen? It's, you know, so just a bunch of losers out there, man. That's what it is. I'm calling everybody out on it. Well, it's, it's a, the reason why I, I think there's some nuance to it because losing and, and, and tanking and freeing up cap space is, is a real strategy in the NBA. And, we know that, right? And that's always been our thing. Like, if you're a, if you're an obviously bad team, like no talent, no Detroit. chance of talent. Like, yeah, look, okay, yeah. Look at the, the the Pistons, and then I don't know who else. Right now, I'm just I didn't even looked at the standings lately. But but the Pistons, we can pick on them. <laughs> They're definitely the yeah. worst team in the league. If you're a team like that, yeah, you know, like mm, this is we're, we have bad contracts, blah blah blah, tanking, so to speak or taking on bad contracts, getting some assets, setting yourself for the next couple of years is a real strategy. And I think that there's been certain times over the years where the Kings have been in that position and I would have been okay with doing that. So that's why it's tough. There's more nuance to it, Ryan. I think we have to have a conversation around it because um, if we were in that situation, I would be calling for that. I mean, probably four or five years ago, I probably would have called for that. And I don't think I'm a loser for wanting to call for that. You know, I don't, I don't think that. I think that that's a real strategy. The problem is, I don't think that's where the Kings are at right now. Like they're, they, I don't, they're nowhere near that. That's it, not me. No, that's then that's what the problem is. That's what the problem is right there. Is they're nowhere near that, and people are still calling for that. And it's just, you know, what it is. It's just this. There, this team's been in such a losing streak for so long. That's all. That's all the fans know, man. That's it, dude. That's all anybody just 
they think like, oh, we got to do this. And it's like, dude, we suck. Okay. We've sucked for a long time. We have talent here. We have five, six guys, if you include Halliburton on this roster, that are legit, really good NBA players. And, uh, you know, combined together with a little bit more help, this team could be a, a, a very fascinating team. You know, you have, you have your up-and-coming guards. You have one of the best three-point shooters in the league. You know, you have Rashawn Holmes, who's, you know, starting to gain a lot of respect around the league as an energy type of guy. And um, it, it, that's, that's where it just frustrates me, dude. It's just really frustrating with that point of view. Well, all all season we've all we've kind of laid all of these things down. We've had conversations around different players and why we believed in in competition. I look back in our in the preseason, Ryan, and it's um, you know Carmichael, Dave. I'd comment on one of his things where they were pushing the tanking, and same thing with like those Kings Herald stuff on Twitter. You know, I, I started commenting like, "Hey, you know," when I started seeing this, trying to trying to converse, and a lot of those people were just shooting me down. Um, you know, it was just it was just this sulky, this sulkiness. You know, like you said, that losers mentality type of thing. That we suck. Oh, poor us. And I did see a lot of those those tweets of, of we're not going to keep you anyway. Why try? You know, which is just weird. It's weird, and and that's where you you said it, and we've talked about it, and this has been our biggest thing. It's like, okay, so you're telling me that in a year they're taking you haven't been a. The, I don't know if you knew this, Ryan, the, the Kings, I mean, I know you knew this, but let's, let's lay this out. The Kings have not made the playoffs in 14 years, dude. 14 years. Like if, if, yes. if I, I looked this up the other day, if, if they don't make it this year, they're going to tie the NBA record for all time playoff drought. And it's like some, it's like, I forget who it was, but it was like in the sixties and seventies. Okay. That's, that's crazy. I mean, that that's, that's bad. Um, and when you finally, after all of those years, Going into the year, you have future cap flexibility. It's not like after this year. They're going to have future cap flexibility and maneuverability and all of their first-round picks from here on out unless they get aggressive and do something. Um, you got a young guy signed to a max contract extension. And you have a solid starting lineup who's never played together. That was our biggest thing. They never played together. We've Since they traded for Harrison Barnes, they've never played together. And finally, you're going into a year where they're taking – 10 teams i mean this is like this is crazy they're taking 10 teams to give you a playoff and you have a chance all you need to do was to get a couple bench players a couple and stay healthy and you can fucking get in i mean that's all you needed to do and the front and that's the let's start off here that the front office didn't even try the fans did the fans didn't some fans didn't want to try the media wanted to tank because they're so obsessed with his draft coming up you're telling me all of that you didn't even you didn't even want to try and that's where i think that you and i have just been so frustrated by right? it, it, yeah and you know what's you know what's more frustrating about it is or for me the most frustrating point part of it is is that, you know, like, what direction are you going to? And we talked about this a couple weeks ago. You know, like, if you weren't going to try to get into the playoffs, then you should have tried to move some people, right? You, you know, you, you should have tried to move somebody. You shouldn't have signed Hassan Whiteside. You know, why did you even bother with Glenn Robinson? You know, why, why even do these things? It was kind of like a half-ass kind of, hey, you know, like, let, let's, you know, we'll bring in these two guys and then, you know, if we get off to a hot start and, you know, we kind of get lucky, then, then it is what it is. But, you know, that, and that's the most frustrating thing to me. It's like, all right, front office, if you're not going to help out and you're not going to put these guys in a position to succeed, 
then might as well ship guys out. You know, might might as well, you know, tear it down and move forward. And, and I can see that point of view, you know, but for the for the for the management to to not even give them a chance and then not even give the the franchise a clear direction to where they're going. You know, there's so many rumors out there, dude. Me and you are are pretty embedded in the Kings uh in the Kings world in Kingsland over here, right? We 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 hear a lot of the rumors. We got people that you know who are talking. We we know most of what's going on. And you know, f- for guys like us and really anybody to not know the the direction of of the kings even this next week before the before the trade deadline it's to me that's crazy dude to me it's like management it's like what are you doing you need to have a direction that's and i I think if they if they you know next week if they go and tear it down and they give a clear direction i think that kings fans will uh, respect it more and it'll kind of be embraced whatever direction they're going towards whether it's a a a teardown whether it's a let's try to compete you know what i'm saying that's the most frustrating thing for me Going into the year, though, you the, you know we were. I hear what you're saying. Like right now, with the point they're at, the fact that they didn't invest into the bench and they didn't really invest into the roster, and now they've they're in a hole because of that. If they did make a move, you know, and w- w- without the crazy hypothetical trades, like you know, you see the you see the stuff with Harrison Barnes. People, he seems to be the one people are interested in. If you're able to clear clear that cap space and do that, I, I get that at this point. You know, it's a different conversation. It was for us, it was always about what was the strategy going in. And like you said, what was the direction going into the season? And that's that that's what I was trying to focus on was my with my point though, is like the fact it to me it baffles me. It really just it, it baffles me, you know, that you have the starting lineup that that can compete. They've showed they showed that early on. That losing streak, I think you said was we probably can blame that on fatigue and and honestly probably some some nagging, you know, mm-hmm. injury type of things, day-to-day type of things, yeah. right? Where you had guys like Holmes and Halberton and and Fox kind of deal with those injuries, Fox, right? Yeah. Because of lack Buddy, of depth. Buddy so was it, banged up. And, yeah. They burned them out. So clearly like the team could compete. And that was our thing going into the year. It was it was just 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 do it. And that's where I had a hard time with so many people not even and that's I, I can't wrap my hand around it. I, it baffles me that no one even wanted to try. It hasn't been a topic of conversation. It seems like everyone just because they have sucked for so long, everyone loves that. They they're okay with that. And they're just like, yeah, it's gonna be another sucky year. Like, let's eat it, right? Mm-hmm. Um and that was difficult, like I said, to to not. And if anything, I really, really blame this this front office. I mean, that front office, the the ownership. They, I mean, they they got they got to be on the top worst owners in the NBA, you know, since they've taken over. The strategies that they do would make no sense. You know, they've gone in crazy different directions at different times. It seems like this year they seem to be taking that hands off, back off approach where they're gonna be like, oh, you know, whatever happens, happens. And that's the thing is, you get a GM who comes in here with those guys it's fresh for them. You know, it's new for them. They see it in a, as a, a long-term thing where they want to get that flexibility and blah, blah, blah. And I understand that the point was the iron was hot. They're taking 10 teams. Your team can compete. I'm upset. Now we're at the midpoint of the season that they didn't do that. But so here we are now, you know, here we are now. And let's, let's, I'll ask you this because this has been 
I, I think, you know, I told, we talked about last week how we get tagged by some of those blogger guys that talk about like, oh, yeah, see, they, you know, they fucking suck. See, they see, see, and they all want to do their draft specials. If you look around, people posted on our Kingsland page, you know, they're doing their draft. They were doing their draft mock drafts in the third week of the season, dude. The, you know, scouting, would this player fit with this lineup? And, that, you know, like, whatever, right? What, what we've talked about on here, let's go in depth, Ryan, about a teardown and, like, what a teardown would bring, you know? Like it's well, okay. just so that's why I'm yeah. so scared. Why why we're so scared of it, and why it's like as we go to this trade deadline, if they trade, if they do trade Buddy, if they do trade Barnes, and then they Holmes is gone after this year, uh, we're back we're backwards two years, you know. You're yeah, you're looking at in a full 82 game season, you're looking at you know, if they do go that direction, you're looking at winning 25 games next year. You know, if they were to lose Buddy Barnes and and, and Holmes, um. Yeah, you're you're realistically you're looking at winning 25 games next year, and that that you don't want to go there, and you know especially you don't want to go there when when you just paid Darren Fox, you know you just extended him, um, you don't want to turn you don't want to turn it off, you don't want to turn off the um, the potential players that are coming up like Halliburton, you know like who who knows if Holmes you know everybody says you know Holmes Holmes loves Sacramento, he loves those, but if you go move Harrison Barnes and you move Buddy Heald, and the team's looking real whack next year, and Sacramento's like, okay, well, we're going to try to bring Rashawn Holmes back on a team-friendly deal. What, what, makes, what makes everyone so sure that he would stay? You know, like, that's what you got to start thinking about. That's when you start going to full teardown. You have to start thinking about, well, okay, um, this guy's not going to want to be here. You know, what if two years down the road, Darren Fox like, fuck this, dude. We're averaging 25 wins a season. Why the hell do I want to be a part of this when I'm entering my prime? You know, why, why would I want to do this? Why, you know, why? So then you get start running into situations where Darren Fox is asking for trades. Maybe Halliburton doesn't want to sign a max down the road with you. Uh, you know, you, you don't bring back Bagley or Bagley doesn't want to resign with you and all this stuff starts happening. And then what happens from there? GMs get fired, right? Coaches get fired. And then you get into this never ending cycle again, like we've been in for the last 15 years of coach after coach, general manager after general manager of guys just getting fired and no clear direction. And, uh, you know, it's kind of what happened with, with uh, DeMarcus Cousins, man. It was, it was bad drafts. You had a really talented player, and you didn't surround him with a winning culture, and you didn't do the things necessary. And, and look what happened. We're still in a rut later on. And, you know, Sacramento's getting this second chance right now with De'Aaron Fox and, and having Halliburton on the team. They're, they have this second chance to do things right this time. But if you start losing, it's not going to happen. You guys are going to want out. You're going to start having issues in the locker room, just like it always happens before. The – the, the 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 good teams in the NBA, right? The, we've talked about on the show the good teams in the NBA that that came out from the bottom. They've done so by drafting some key really players in the draft that ended up being all star level players, right? But what happens is at some point they get aggressive. At some point they start flipping young potential for a player. They start doing things like that. Uh, and, and they take a chance on a veteran to, who's who's proven and legit to fill in with those guys, and or or they 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 go invest in. Some teams go to this. I, I don't. I'm not advocating go going over the luxury tax when you're that low of a of a tier team, but they're willing to spend money. They're willing to commit a year or two to fortify a bench to go get that player. Um, in an effort to take that next step, but, you know, that's usually how it's done. And I really felt like this year was that year 
that the Kings had expiring contracts. They drafted a great player. They have a starting lineup. I kind of thought this year was the year that you would do that. Um, I, I really did. And, and, and I guess I'm disappointed by that. Uh, you know, the, to, going back to the whole, like, blowing it up thing, you know, we kind of – I. We've done this before, though, right? Like you talked about DeMarcus Cousins, but after DeMarcus Cousins, the Kings had – I have that poster, that big poster in my office, you know, and I look at it every day. And I, so I got that all the authentic fans. It was around like the 2017, 2018 season, and I got all of the authentic fan little posters they hand out at the games, and I have like the whole roster like signed. It's a pretty – it's framed, you know, it's a cool thing I have in there, but honestly, it's like every every year since I look up and all the players on that freaking poster are gone, and that was the team that was the super team, just young team, and I, we've talked about it on this podcast, but I like to bring this up again because it's at that time how many first-round picks they had on the roster. I mean, they had a couple first-round picks one year, and they blew pretty much all of them. You know, Bogdanovich. They, they basically traded Marquise Chris, I believe, to get him. And so you count that first-round pick. You know, Willie Cauley-Stein, first-round pick. De'Aaron Fox, first-round pick. Buddy Heald, trade, but he was a first-round pick player coming off that first year. Justin Jackson, first-round pick. Scalabissier, was Scalabissier a first-round pick, Ryan? Yeah, late first round, I believe him. Papianis. Papianis is on that roster. Yeah, Malachi yeah. Richardson was Malachi on there. Malachi Richardson. But Malachi Richardson, he was a late first rounder as well. Again, but that's that's eight first round picks on your roster right there. You know, and that was in 2017, 2018. And if you had said in 2017, 2018, when you get Bogdanovich, you got Buddy Hill, you got Fox and all these players, everyone was saying it's a super team. It's just young, right? That was the talk of way back then. It's a super team, just young. You just got to wait. And that's where that's where you started hearing at that time, right? The future's bright. Don't worry. The future's bright. The future's bright, okay? And then a year or two passed, and, and, and they go and trade Harrison Barnes, and they go into that offseason, okay, Buddy Hill gets the extension. This is going into last year. Okay, now we're starting to – and then here, what's build on this this year, right? I mean, all those first-round picks, didn't, pretty much all of them didn't work out, but you got a couple out of them. You got healed. You got Fox, basically, and then you have getting Bagley, mm-hmm. right? So things – you had a couple, now's the time. And here, we're at the tail end of this, and it's like you want to reset. You want to reset and go to that this year because you're so – I don't even, you know, I don't know, man. There's just so juiced about this this draft, you know. But it's like that all the time, dude. You know, and th- that's what my problem is with the draft, dude. That that's why I have such a hard time with the draft is because you just never know. Everybody said this year that the, this draft was going to be shitty. You remember this time last year, everyone's like, ah, this draft's this draft's not very deep. It's not very good. And look where we are now, you know. And, and I always bring this one up, 2014, right? Andrew Wiggins, Jabari Parker, okay everybody and their freaking mom oh this is this is the best draft these are the two best prospects since lebron and and carmelo this this and that blah 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 look at those two guys now one of them is on our roster who doesn't play okay and andrew wiggins is an overpaid 25 year old who you know doesn't well he's he's just average and everybody was saying that he's he's the best prospect since lebron james so that's the whole issue that I have with the draft, dude. It's so hit or miss. You just never know with these kids. They're kids, dude. Like, you know, if, if for everybody saying, okay, oh, Cunningham, you know, what's freaking Evan Mobley, whatever, all these dudes, right? Like, 
first off, Duke's not even in the NCAA tournament. Okay. So sorry, you know, for people advocating for guys like that, like, all right, he's not even, they're not even, you weren't even good enough to take your team to the tournament. Okay. And then, you know, I just encourage everybody to go watch March Madness. Go watch it, dude. It's not very good basketball. There's not a lot of NBA talent around there. And I have a hard time putting the, you know, the fate of my franchise on hold, you know, for an 18 year old who honestly, we don't really know what he can do. We really don't. You could, you could say all that you could say anything that you want, but we really don't know. And you know, when you have for sure things in Darren Fox, you have for sure things in Tyrese Halliburton, you know, it, it's, you got to do them justice. Stop worrying about, you know, for all you people out there, stop worrying about the 18 and 19 year old in college and worry about the, the budding superstar that you have on your roster now. It's yeah. It's sometimes you. I, I like where you went with that. Like it, sometimes you just gotta say, "That sounds great, and that might be, that might be a great risk." But right now, it's not for me. Yeah. You know, that's not for me, yeah. man. Might, I, it's yeah. not that yeah. that payoff is. I, I'm good with where I'm at. You know, I got I got I got the assets right now. I know that I know if I take care of what I've got, I take care of my investment. I'm gonna be good. I'm not gonna put all my chips to the table. You know, and that's the thing is I have a very difficult time. Like I said, if you're a bad team, if you are Detroit right now or, you know, a handful of other teams where it's a little, it's, it's just you don't have young, super talented players like that, go ahead. Go ahead. Take some bad contracts. Get some picks. You know, do your thing this year. Uh, see if you get lucky and see if you can turn your franchise around. That is for you. But right now, you know, you, the Kings have a, some key players. It's, and that's the thing is like, at what time is the time? Like we keep saying, what time is the time to strike? When is it going to be? You know, when's it going to be the time to strike? Because what usually happens, Ryan, from what I've seen, is that teams with the young players like this, or they, 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 they kind of, they wait, they wait, and then things, and then deals pass them by, free agents pass them by. And they get desperate, and then they make a move, a real move, you know. Um, even look at the Celtics. Celtics, they had a in their rebuild. They did a great job just because they were successful. They got lucky with Horford and Isaiah Thomas. They got, they were really successful. But at some point, at one point, way back, they had a lot of you know picks and things like that. And there was a lot of rumors, remember, about the Celtics. Are they going to trade for Boogie? Are they going to trade for Anthony Davis? Are they going to be players for all these big, big names? And they pretty much played it pretty conservative. You know, they, the Kyrie Irving one is the one that they got. And then what started happening is towards the end, some of the major name deals passed them by. And then they started making the deals overpaying for Kemba Walker. Now you're hearing them right now. People are floating this one for Harrison Barnes, Ryan, where it's Aaron Nesmith and a first round pick, you know, protected this year. And it's like, it's like, man, they're so desperate now. They're essentially going to give up two first round picks for Harrison Barnes because they're just willing to strike, you know? And, and, and that's what happens mm -hmm. is, is if they stretch this rebuild on, if they if the Kings go backwards this year, like you said, a couple years pass them by. Darren Fox is uh, he's getting itchy. Halberton, they've been here for a while. The success hasn't come. People's jobs are starting. You know, the seats getting hot. They're like, fuck. I need. I'm making. I'm gonna make a move. I need to make a move. And they take whatever move happens at the time. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. You know, the Devin Booker one. Uh, last year, that was the thing. This time last year, everyone was saying, get the hell, get Devin Booker the hell out of town, you know, and then they go and get Chris Paul. It seemed to work out from this year, but, um, you know, so I guess that it, it, it worked out. They got a great guy, but, you know, is that a five-year plan for them? I don't know. I guess they were, they were just trying to get in, but um, it's, it's just, it's just risky. This backwards thing's risky. And you made a good point right there. And it's been our thing since number one. The Kings are not as – they're further along the, the progression timeline than people want to believe or they want to accept, you know. 
And it's like I said, do you, if you really want to tank your franchise for kids that are wearing skinny jeans and dancing on TikTok right now? It, like 18. It's it, tough. It's, it's like, yeah, it, it's hard to, cause I'm looking at it right now and, and people go watch March Madness, dude, seriously. And then come, you know, then talk, but you look at it, dude, you're right. Evan Mobley. Okay. That's the big man that everyone's talking about. Everybody loves him. He's at USC. Okay. They're a six seed. Okay. You have Cade Cunningham who everyone's like, Oh, Cade Cunningham's so great. Well, he's a point guard and we already have two of those. And one of them's on a max contract. And the other one is who everybody loves in scout or almost almost said scout uh, in Halliburton. You know, so like, where, what are you going to do with these guys? You have Jalen Suggs, okay, Jalen Suggs, who's who's a shooting guard. We already have, we're we're taking care of that guard. You know, it's so like, I, I, it really confuses me at what people want to do with these draft picks, dude. I, I, I really just don't understand it. Um, or sorry, I said Jalen Suggs, Jalen Green, but uh, you know, Jalen Suggs, another one, point guard, Gonzaga. He's a point guard. He's a point guard. What are we going to have? Halliburton, Darren Fox, and and Jalen Suggs or Cade Cunningham all on the same team? You know, there's there's not there's not a lot out there. So, yeah, I mean that's it's it's just frustrating to me, dude. It's really frustrating to me those people that you know want to want to live through the draft and and just put all your chips in on some kid, dude. Like you said, he's wearing skinny jeans right now, bro. Sorry. So like I said it's a it's a nuanced it's a nuanced thing. We get it, we get it. If the if the Kings were in a different boat, but it's just tough. I saw that thing this week, fifteen and fifteen with the starting lineup. If you were watching the Kings game, if you're following along with us on the threads on Kingsland, you know from the box scores, you know from the chatter, the bench is terrible. I mean, the bench is terrible, and all it took was a couple of key players. So it's disappointing. We're at the midseason, and I'm left disappointed. I'm left disappointed, and then I'm also disappointed because all of the people who just wanted to blast it at the beginning of the year feel like they, you know, they want to be right. And I, I wonder, it's like, are you even Kings fans, guys? You know, I, I was, like, really confused going into the year. It's like, Hey, I think this team can compete. Like, what's so bad about wanting your team to win? You know, I, I don't know. You know, it's, I've taken that stance at midseason before where it's, like I've said, things are bad, bad contracts. A couple of players who we know are like, no, they're, they're, let's get off of them. Let's trade them for whatever now. You know, I get that mentality, but ahead of the season, it was just really confusing. And it's it sometimes, you know, if you're out there listening, I guess, like, I don't know, man. I feel like sometimes we're just – I'm in the minority, I guess. And that's what's so confusing. And that's why I wanted to have this conversation. I hope not. I hope the people listening are, are with us and they, they want to see him win. But uh, I guess to uh, Ryan, we're going into the trade deadline and we are where we are now. They didn't do the things. We doesn't make sense. Like we've, we've had this conversation about um, let's talk about some things. We don't have to talk about like actual trades, but at this point, um, you know, are you okay? The big one is Harrison Barnes. Like, he was a guy that early in the year, you said you'd be okay with him trading, you know, if they can fill his role just because of the contract, right? You've said that before, right? Yeah, that, that I would be okay with them moving Harrison Barnes. That's what you're getting at? Yeah, you've said yes, that before, I right? I, I would, you, I would, I would. Yes, and I have said that before. Do you want, do you want them at this point? I guess, you know, we kind of have to accept that something's going to happen. You know, I, I would say number one for me, Let's do this. Number one for me, I would still like them to try to just get some players and trade trade like some of the expirings and just get some players on the bench that they that can play with them a little bit so that they go, can go ten deep, you know, maybe eleven deep once and just play out the season. That's kind of what I want. Uh, uh, what do you want? What's your number one at this point? So, so my number one thing that Sacramento needs to do, and it's not necessarily right now or, or what it is, but 
Okay, Sacramento can't go two years in a row losing a guy to free agency, a a, a good player to free agency, right? So you can't lose Rashawn Holmes for nothing, okay? Um, You know, and if that requires you to move Harrison Barnes to bring back assets so you can for sure bring back Rashawn Holmes later on, then you need to do it. But Sacramento needs to be looking at that first. It's okay, we can't lose a player like Rashawn Holmes. Um, I would Personally, I would like to see Harrison Barnes move. I, I just think that him at, you know, 28 or I think he's going to be 29 this year. I, I think that Sacramento, though you're never going to get any more value, you know, than out of him than, than what you have right now. So my number one thing would for, I, I think is how ha- you have to, you have to move Harrison Barnes right now and you have to get something back for him. Okay. And I, I don't think that Aaron Nesmith um, and protected first round pick is it. I, I, I think you need to bring back, a player, you know, somebody who can play but doesn't restrict your your salary cap um, down the road. So that's your number one. Yeah, see, I then that's where we, one. you know we do kind of differ. So I would say this about Harrison Barnes: if they do trade him, I I do understand because although you know all the things I've listed, that that would signify some type of direction, and. I'm okay with trading one, one, one of the one him or, or I'm not gonna say tra- okay. Tra- I don't want to trade Buddy. I, I don't want to trade Buddy. We can have that conversation, but um, I, I'm okay with trading just one player because I don't. If they do, like you said, bring back somebody, um, it really the cap space, the cap flexibility does free them up in the off season and allows them to be super, uh, you know, flexible and have choices and really, really fortify this team going into next year. That's what that move would do. Um, so. I would I would accept that I'd understand that for sure you know and I said I just want a direction, um, but yeah the, the the are you okay since I touched on it are you okay with this trade buddy and trade Barnes thing what what would what would happen for you if that Oof. happened how would you feel Oof. buddy and Barnes see it, okay you go do that you need to bring somebody back you have to you got to bring somebody back and it would have to be um, something significant. It, it really, you know, I'm not going to go into actual names. You know, I have some guys in mind, but if you were to do that, you'd have to bring something back. You, you would have to have to a real, real player, you know, a, a real player that's going to help us, um, next year, immediate impact. There's no, you can't, no projects, right? If you're going to move buddy and Barnes, there no projects back. You, you need to be ready to go, you know, whether it be a, a wing player that you can, you know, because if that would happen, you would assume Hal Burton's in the starting lineup next year. And you would have to have somebody that can play next to Hal Burton and Darren Fox and keep up and, and be ready to rock and roll. And, um, yeah, so, I, I mean, I'm open to it, right? We've t- we talk about it all the time. Dude. We're open to almost anything. We're open to anything that gets the Kings better. And um, if that makes Sacramento better, then it makes them better. But I, I don't – I'm not taking on any projects, dude. I, I – <laughs> I, I don't think that's smart. Well, it, it kind of goes – if they did that, it would be going backwards like we talked about, and that's a huge backwards for, for us. Um, I I would say this. There was somebody on – okay, I was I, I saw like that e, the ESPN, uh, Sacramento ESPN show on, on the radio. They put out a thing, and one of the Kings Herald guys was on there. I replied to him because they said their number one thing is they wanted to see Halliburton in the starting lineup for the rest of the year with Fox. And, and my thing on that was like – He's already playing 30 minutes. You know, he's already playing enough. Um, and then I don't even know if that guy can physically handle handle the uh, – the if he can physically handle it at this point. He's on a minutes restriction. So, I, I, that's why I kind of think that Buddy Hield is 
is going to stay. That's that's my thing. I think Buddy Hill's going to stay. I don't think he, he I don't think he gets traded. Um, do you realistically? What do you? I, I don't know, man. What do you think they're going to do? It's just so difficult. I know we we come on here, we're like speculating. I, I mean, I just don't want to go backwards and blowing hell players up, but I don't know what they're going to do. It's all speculation, dude. That's what's frustrating, right? We just talked about a little bit ago. It's so frustrating because literally nobody knows what they're going to do. You know, towards the deadline, you know, you have an idea of what what teams are going to do, right? Like when when we acquired Harrison Barnes a few years ago, it was kind of known like, hey, they're going to make a move. You know, they're going to try to get – at least try. There's no rumors out there. We have no idea. You know, it's all hearsay. Nobody knows what's going on. Um, If I had to put – you know, if – if I'm McNair and I put my, myself in McNair's shoes, I think he's thinking, okay, I can't lose Rashawn Holmes. I can't lose Rashawn Holmes for nothing. And I also can't overpay him in the offseason. So I, I really think people need to brace themselves and don't be surprised if Rashawn Holmes gets moved. I really, you know, I, I really, I, you know, the more that we're continuing and he's still playing at a high level and, you know, I think McNair's looking at that, you know, especially if you can't move Harrison Barnes and Buddy Heald, you can't overpay for Rashawn Holmes, not even close, <laughs> you know? So I really think a priority for him is I can't lose that guy to free agency, um, you know, and I, I need to bring something back for him. I, I got to get something. Sam Amick this week, I believe it was Sam Amick, fuck. He he was on some somebody's show, something. Someone posted in Kingsland is really where I saw it. But they, you know, they were kind of asking, "What do you think the Kings will do?" And that's what he said right there. It was about Rashawn yeah. Holmes. That's something we talked about early in the year. He was our one of our top guys. We predicted would get traded because because of the contract situation. And we talked about, it, I think, last week. You know, and we, our tunes kind of change on him. Like if we can get him for a very respectable number, uh, I like him sticking around for the for the next couple of years because he, he's a player too. If they ever do upgrade it and he's on a de-escalating front-loaded type of contract, he's a perfect guy that you slide into the bench and really your team looks solid. Like if they really go get a, you know, your, your team looks solid with him on the bench and, and at the back of his contract. That's why my tune has changed on him. If it's that really high number, we've talked about it. We're not supportive of that. And honestly, I don't think McNair, I think he's with you. I don't think he, they seem, they, we said this before, right? People who are who they are believe them, right? And then they, he, McNair has shown you who they are this year. They are going to be cheap. They're going to value cap flexibility. And that's pretty much, their, that's all they've really shown us. I mean, they went as far as to save probably a million dollars by cutting Glenn Robinson, to be honest with you, just because they're being cheap this year. I, I wonder if COVID and some of this stuff has to do with it, cash flow things and not wanting to invest in the team. I, I don't really know that. I can't speculate on that. But uh, yeah, so I think the Holmes thing is something I, I we've said it, you know, a couple early on, Ryan, one episode, I said, I think it's one of the most interesting storylines of the entire year. And I think it's gone on the wayside because like you said, no rumors have came out about it and he's playing well. And, and anything that comes out is always, uh, we like, everyone loves Rashawn Holmes, nothing negative about him, but um, well, how would it land in Kingsland? You know, I would oh, land because dude. because if he got traded, I think it's like it. Here's here's all I'll say before you take it over, okay? If he gets traded, I think that's where you're gonna hear people freak out and they're gonna say we're tanking. Da, 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 ah, that's all you're gonna hear. Ah, all right. And I think for us, I don't think that. I think it's like okay, well, they're clearly gonna just continue on this trend of not investing in the team this year, but I don't think it has that big of an impact on the team in the future. 
because well they'll lose an asset for nothing which would be fucking stupid like you said that's two years in a row and that's dumb that's a dumb 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 yeah. all around that's the biggest thing but it's they'll have the cap it's you know yeah it's you know people would lose their let's be real people are gonna lose their fucking minds right if this if next week if next like friday we wake up dude because when's the t- is the trade deadline the 22nd 25th i think 25th yeah. okay so that's thursday yeah it's a thursday right yeah so you know people are gonna wake up friday the 26th and you know rashawn holmes is traded people would lose their mind they would lose their mind but you have to look at it like this okay you have a big contract in Darren Fox. You have a, a decent-sized contracts with Barnes and Buddy Heald. You cannot risk. If you're McNair, you legitimately could not risk losing Rashawn Holmes for nothing. So you have to sit there and you have to realistically say to yourself, okay, do I, realist, do I realistically think that I can you know, bring him back on, on an average of $12 million a year? Because I, I think that's what me and you have said. A lot of people are calling for 15. I don't think that's happened. I think, you know, for an average to 12 to 13, do I think that I can bring him, you know, for a four-year at 12 million, 13 million a year? Do I really, realistically think that? Okay, if you realistically think, no, I think there's other suitors out there that would maybe overpay for like a two-year deal. You know, similar, you know, you know, Montrose Harrell took a two-year 19 mil, but a similar kind of thing. Okay, you know, if you're the Knicks or whatever, you have cap space. If I, do I, you know, can I give them two years at 18 mil for Rashawn Holmes, you know? Um, And you have to, you really, if you're McNair, you have to really sit there and think about that. And if you don't feel like you're going to be able to bring him back on a team friendly deal, then you have to move him because you will be the idiot of the decade. If you let Rashawn Holmes walk for nothing, especially in Sacramento, especially when it's so hard to get, um, you know, free agents to come here. Like we got him for nothing, Um, especially how hard it is in the draft. Um, you know, it, you have to get value out of somebody like that. So people don't be surprised March 26th if Rashawn Holmes is not on the team. I hope he is. I, I really hope he is because, I, like you said, I think he's a real key part um, of the team, you know, just because he can play starter minutes. He'd be great off the bench, energy guy. Everybody seems to love him. Um, but it's going to be – we'll have our answer, you know. If McNair trades him, then there's your answer. They didn't think they were going to be able to resign him. Well, I think it's, it's being realistic – it's the easiest asset to move because it's expi- it's expiring. It's not that much. You can s- the, the the real interesting thing here is there a player out there in another team that a team's just over but is really talented? That's another sleeper move as well because just kind of like how the Kings got Harrison Barnes at the deadline a couple years ago for nut for pretty much nothing. You know, is there is there a player out there? We'll have to take a look that you can stack the Bielisa contract and maybe the Corey Joseph contract to match salaries and get a real key player in return. And then, you know, in, in the same breath, send a Harrison Barnes out the door and kind of rotate your roster that way. That's something, that's something very, it's, it's just difficult to trade, you know, but like there, because he's expiring, cause he can contribute right away. I just think he's the, he's the easiest tradable asset really besides the bench contracts. I mean, uh, I, I don't, I just, I don't, I think that Harrison Barnes is contract is so, is going to be so difficult because of, do we get the value back? Are we able, is the team going to be able to match the salary? All these different things, you know? So that's why I picked him early on in the season as the number one tradable asset. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man, that, like I said, the most interesting storyline. So if, I don't know, Ryan, I would say today, if anything, um, the first half of the year we, we, we talked about, and, and it is disappointing. They didn't try 
that tweet coming out was it sucks, man. Because you you watch a lot of games and it's just it really feels like a wasted year. And I feel like uh, someone's got to go out and say it. And 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 a lot of it, I don't feel like a lot of people aren't saying it in the media because they, like I said, they just wanted to suck right away. They wanted to go backwards. And and no one seems to call anybody out. But it's a wasted year so far. This deadline is going to be interesting. And I think that in a couple of weeks, the landscape in Kingsland and the Great Divide will be cleared up and we'll all be unified in one direction moving forward, I guess. Is that fair to say? Fair to say. All right, man. So we'll see what happens, Ryan. Um, So, hey, guys, we appreciate you listening in. If you ever want to interact or be a part of the show, you can always do so by tagging us. You can find me and Ryan on Twitter and Facebook at Canescast, Eric and Canescast. Ryan, we're active mostly on our Facebook group, like we mentioned, Kingsland. So join that public group. Great place to join in on a game threads and hang out and talk about the Kangs during the week. And to stay up to date with the podcast, you can find us anywhere at Kingscast. So with that, for Ryan, this is Eric. Go Kangs. Kangs. This episode was brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop, 209's headiest smoke shop. Follow them on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209 for a view of all of their awesome inventory. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.